God is tapping me on the shoulder. I'm here for something more. And I know it. I feel it. I'm no longer willing to spectate. It's no longer enough for me to just sit and listen. He's calling me. And I have to wonder. Is he calling you too? How are we doing this morning? Welcome to the Church of the Lakes Hurricane Party. We're glad you joined us this morning. So um, now, hey, real quick, if you did not get an experience guide, you want one, they would be happy to bring that to you. They've got them in the back there. Just raise your hand. Be happy to bring you a guide. It's got sermon notes in it. And uh, so if you're if you're not a note taker, let me encourage you to take some notes today. Um, but I want to real quick also, uh, if you if you get a chance, if you're a first time guest, we would love for you to fill out the little connection card that's inside that guide. Let us know it's your first time here or... If you're being careful about distancing, you can get on your phone on our website, cotlakes.com, and there's an e-guide. So it has all the sermon notes in there. It's got a place where you can sign in as first-time guests. It's got our events, all kinds of different things that are going on. Um, It is that time of the year when we're getting ready for school, right? Anybody ready for school? All the parents said, hallelujah. Actually, it's funny this year, most of the kids I asked have said they're ready too. Right? Because so many of them have been at home and social distancing and that whole deal. So they're just like, yeah, I'll take algebra. Let me see my friends um, or that hot girl that I miss or whatever it is. Right? Kind of thing. So, uh, but we are getting ready to get back to school. Uh, we got a bunch of teachers in the house. Do I have teachers? Where are my teachers? Like a whole row back there. Give it up for our teachers. We are grateful for them and our administrators and all the people that are part. Um, weird, 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 weird time period. Uh, they just told me this week. That apparently, as of right now, only 52% of Leesburg High School is coming back live. That actually like 25% are going online and 25% are doing something else. So please pray. I mean, we're here for a reason to be a part of Leesburg High School, right? So please pray for Mr. Randolph and the administration and all the teachers here uh, because there's adjustments. Like it's going to be kind of interesting to see how that whole thing works because the dollars follow the pe- the kids. You know what I mean? Kind of a deal. Um, so it'll be kind of interesting to see. So pray through that. But as we're getting ready for, here's an interesting fact. And I'm really curious to see whether it plays out in this time period or not. But it's this. Usually August and September, I don't know why. I've never understood why. I've never seen a really good explanation for this. But do you know that those two months are the biggest times that people get saved? And it's the biggest time that people come back to church. Like those are connected together. Isn't that interesting? Like there's not, I I don't necessarily get it. But it is almost like it's a restart to the year because the school year starts. So it's almost like a new year. So I say that to you to say this. Listen, let me really encourage you to invite some people. There's probably some people out there that would say yes if you just invited somebody. So over the next month, August and September, are really our best opportunities to reach out. So who's your one? Who's your one person um, that you can just say, hey, come sit in church with me? Um, I already had somebody say to me this morning, um, I've got somebody here with me, so you better bring your good stuff, Pastor Mike. And so I promise you, I will do my best to bring the good stuff if you invite and bring some people. Does that make sense? So August and September, let's think about reaching out. September is uh, nationally, they have Back to Church Sunday. So it's a whole, whole big deal. So invite somebody. And then the last thing I want to say before I get into the Word is just, today starts 21 days of prayer and fasting. 
And uh, this is our, our little book for 21 days. You can get it digitally. We've got a few copies we made, but we're trying to save trees. Um, last year, I went a little nuts and printed a whole bunch. And I, it made me sick to throw away all these books at the end kind of thing because people just use the digital. So I only printed a few. So if you want a physical copy, you just got to let us know so we can print it. But I started 5 a.m. prayer this morning. And uh, so I saw some of you online this morning. So hope to see more of you this week, every day. For the next 21 days, I'm going to be on Facebook Live at 5 a.m. Everybody look at your neighbor and say 5 a.m., right? How many of you guys are morning people? Where are my morning people? There's like seven in the whole church. Did you see that? For real, like there was like, there was like seven, right? Uh, but but I, come and join me. I'm really excited to kind of do the whole 21 days of prayer and really see some, God has stirred something in my heart for the last two weeks that this year was different. There's just something more. So I, I just got to tell you, I'm like all out. I'm fasting and media fasting. And I just, because something inside of me has said, God wants to do something. But uh, I go back to the verse we read last week that God is looking to and fro for a people and he could find none, right? But what if, what if, what if we do that? So please, man, think about what it is. We'll talk more about 21 days of prayer and fasting and, and um, seeing God's presence in our community. But I want to... Uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, kind of all the madness and the, and the craziness that's kind of going on around us. And it, and it has a tendency to draw our attention so much that we get sort of off track. Would anybody agree with that? Is it easy to get off track for you as it kind of is for me? Um, I find myself struggling. Um, gosh, how do I say this? I find myself being schizophrenic. Maybe that's the way to say it. Yesterday, and here's what I mean by that. So here's a little confession moment. It's good for the soul, bad for the reputation. But I find myself riding down the road, praising God in one moment, and then yelling at somebody to get out of the left lane in the other. Anybody else? Like you, like you find yourself in the morning reading your Bible, and you're like, man, that's good. That's good stuff. And feel like the Holy Spirit's speaking to you and, and all that. And then, you know, five minutes later, you're like yelling at one of your kids. And you've like lost your mind. Like you're thinking, what? why am I yelling? What is, what is the deal that's going on? And I really think there's so much craziness around us that it gets us to a point, honestly, where we're so... I'm off track. I won't speak for you. I, I get off track. I get off of the fact of what God's called me to do, who I'm supposed to be, why I'm here. And it becomes about Mike. Anybody else? Like that's why you get mad is, is because it becomes, it kind of becomes about me. And, and, and so as I was getting ready to do this whole 21 days and, and the, kind of the whole deal, I'm praying through this thing and I'm like struggling with, um, gosh, I struggling with how, how do I move? How do I take a step forward? Anybody ever feel like you're running around the same mountains? Anybody ever feel like you kind of, you get to the same point and I don't know, like you're, like you're, you're in Groundhog Day. You know, it's get up and go to work and pay the bills and take care of the kids and do the same things again. I'm looking over at Christy, take care of babies every day. You You know what I mean? Like each one of us in our particular area. And so I just, I want to challenge you just a little bit today. Um, because I think God wants something more. And that's where I came up with this whole kind of concept of we can't stay here. 
Come on, somebody. We can't stay here. Like this is, this, this is not all there is to it. Like somebody needs to hear that this morning. There's more to it than what you're seeing right now. There's more to what God wants to do than what we're seeing going on in Leesburg or Lake County or around us. But I could not get away from this week, that verse that said, God was looking to and fro for a people that would make a difference. And I just, just something has stirred inside of me. It just is to raise my hand and I'm hoping you'll raise your hand. In other words, send me God. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. And, and I, I'm still that guy that, that, Yelled at the customer service rep on the phone yesterday. Come on. And, I, and I'm still that guy that has a temper sometimes and wants it my way and has pride and, you know, says stupid things to my wife. Come on, amen, <laughs> on that one, men, right? And so, God, but God, would you use me? And he said, of course I'll use you. But I want to see your obedience. I want to see you step forward into this. So, so here's the message. We can't stay here. We can't stay in the same place and expect a different result. Amen. Is there anybody wants to see God move? Anybody? Like, would, would you like to see God move in our area and do something that we just stand back and go, holy cow. Wouldn't you love to see that? And you know what? The only thing holding it back is Me us, right? For 21 days for us to plug in and see what it is that God has called us to do. I want to start out with a verse that's from Isaiah 61. This is a a prophetic verse that was given and it it was a, a prophetic verse that was given about Jesus. And then later on, I think it's in Luke 4. Jesus actually quotes this and says to the people, now this is fulfilled in your, in your words, he says to them, I'm the Messiah. But this is what it said. Listen to me. And this is talking about Jesus. The spirit of the Lord of God is upon me. That's talking about Jesus. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings or preach good news. And I want you to hear something. That's the reason we're here. It's to preach good news. And what's the good news? Here's the good news. Hey, guess what? You don't have to pay for your own sins. Jesus has got it for you. That's the good news, right? Because here, and here's how we say it at Church of the Lakes. We want you to know God. We want you to know God. Not know of God, but know God, right? That you personally understand the reality of that, that, that verse. To preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to, catch this, heal the brokenhearted. Then not only that you might know God, but that at some point we'd help you get past your past. Anybody here got a past? Anybody got a past? Some people are like, yeah. I pulled your rap sheet. No, I'm kidding. But, 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 but listen, that, that, that he would, we say it this way, that you would find freedom. Come on. That you would find freedom. Anybody struggle with insecurity like me? Anybody bold enough to say, yeah, that's me? Anybody struggle looking in the mirror and feeling like, ugh, come on. Anybody wonder like purpose and why? And he says, no, no, no. I don't want you to just know me. I want to bring healing. I I, want to see you get to the point where you're actually comfortable in your own skin because you define your identity in me, right? That you might find freedom. Keep going there, Lizzie. To proclaim liberty to the captives. Come on. And the opening of the prison to those who are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of the vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn. Keep going. To console those who mourn in Zion. 
to give them, check this, beauty for ashes. Anybody got any ashes in your history? Any scorched earth because of decisions you made or others made? Right? That he might take beauty and turn it into ashes. Another way we might say that, let me say it to you this way. That he might take your mess and make it a ministry. Or we might say it this way here at Church of the Lakes, that you might discover purpose. Right? No, God. Find freedom. Discover purpose. This is, this is why Jesus came. The oil of joy for mourning. In other words, while you're mourning, that you would still have this joy that you can't explain. Come on, somebody. Right? The, 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 the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Anybody felt heavy lately? Anybody look around our culture and see a spirit? Catch that. It says a spirit of heaviness. It's not just natural. It's spiritual. Which means politics is not the only answer. Politics can answer some things. Listen to me. And we need to be involved. And we need to be loud in, in our involvement. But we also need to understand this is spiritual. This is a spiritual issue that needs to be taken care of. Spirit of heaviness. That they may be called trees of righteousness. Some, some versions of this say oak trees. Like big oak trees that are planted in the ground that no matter what storm comes their way or what happens, doesn't move. Come on, somebody. Anybody want to be a stone oak tree standing there when life comes and blows and you just kind of stand there and go, yeah, nice try. That's what that is. The, plant, uh, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And they shall, here's, let's catch this, love this. Check this verse out. Because this was all about Jesus. Jesus was to do these things. Now he's going to talk about you. Catch this. Now he's going to talk about you. I came that you might know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and that you would build, rebuild old ruins. Anything old around us in this area in Leesburg? No, I'm not talking about people. Now listen to me. To rebuild buildings, to rebuild community, to rebuild, that's what that is. That they will rebuild all ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations. Things that have been torn down and things have been desolated. Why? Because they've gone to different gods and not served God the way they should. That they shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. Amen? And we would say it this way, make a difference. This is what we're called to do. It's all through the scripture. It's all through the scripture that you might know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. That's what we do here at Church of the Lakes. That's what we're called to be. And so this new series that we're starting today is, is called, We Can't Stay Here. You can't stay where you are. Hey, Dad, your kids need you to move. You can't stay where you are. Hey, Mom, your kids need you to move. You can't stay where you are. Hey, kids, you can't move and do what God's called you to do unless you step into what it is. Single, listen to me. Stop looking for a person to fill you and find Jesus' purpose in your singleness. Because there's purpose in it right now. There's meaning in it. There's something that God wants to do. We can't stay here. And my fear is, and what I don't want you to do is I don't want you to settle for a lesser story. Right? A lesser story. Well, if I can just get a job, pay my bills, build up a 401k, play pickleball, be good. And listen to me. I think God's up there going, whoa, 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 whoa. Did I give my only son for that? Think about the price 
that was given in Jesus for your life. I think he paid a big enough price that it calls for us to get all that he's called for us to do. Come on, somebody. We can't stay here. We can't stay in the same places. But let me go back to a piece of that verse that just jumped out at me this week. And let me go back to that real quick. So this, to give them beauty for ashes. Look at this. To give them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy. The oil of joy. It doesn't say he's going to take your problems away. Do you hear that? It doesn't say to give them comfort. It says I'm going to give them joy in their morning. I'm going to give them joy in the midst of the morning. Right? That, that, that there's something that God wants to do, not to take us out of all the issues, because how many of you know, as long as you live on this planet, there's going to be problems. Right? There's going to be problems. There's going to, there's going to be, I say it this way, there's going to be cockapoo TT. Right? There's just, there's just going to be stuff. To be, but, but then he might give you an oil of joy. Then he might give you a garment of praise, even in the spirit of heaviness. What does that mean? When all around me feels so heavy that I still have a spirit of praise, I can't help but praise him. Because I know who he is and I know who God's called me to be. Now, that brings us to an interesting place. Because what I sense and what I wrote in my notes, because I knew kind of at this place. Here's the next question for most of you listening right now or most of you watching online. I hear you, Pastor. But why doesn't that happen in my life? Why why do I see other people have have this joy thing? But I don't. Why, why do I see other people, man? I see people praising. We're, you know, Mr. Wally is down here worshiping. The Eden was down here worshiping. I see them, them, them praising, but I'm kind of standing back here and I'm just, I don't know, I'm not feeling it. I'm struggling. I'm, why, why does it happen in this life? And I need you to hear something. Listen to me. It's a choice. It's not a feeling. You have to choose it. Listen to me. Temptation's going to come chasing after you. Would you agree? Come on, the wrong person, the wrong people to hang out with are going to come find you and chase after you. Would you agree? Yes. Come on, ladies, hottie McHottie's going to come out of nowhere. Right. And you're going to think and wrap your world all around him and all this scenario. Listen to me. The stuff will come at you. Listen to me. Life. When Jesus said, I want you to have life and life abundant. Listen to me. You have to choose it. You have to choose it. It's a choice that actually has to be made. I'd say it to you this way. Choices lead and feelings follow. Choices lead and feelings follow. In other words, you have to step into and choose something before maybe you ever actually feel it. If you let your feelings lead, you're probably headed in the wrong direction. Say it to you this way. Some of you know, some of you don't. Half my family's from Mississippi, half my family's from Louisiana. What that means for you is, you might not learn anything, but we're going to have a lot of fun, okay? (laughs) But we tell these stories about my friend Boudreaux. Boudreaux goes to the doctor. He goes, Doc, I'm hurting all over, Doc. I'm dying over here. Everything hurts, Doc. The doctor said, Boudreaux, talk to me. What's the deal? He's like, it just hurts everywhere. He's like, show me, show me. Boudreaux goes, 
here, here, it hurts right here. And then in here, dog, it hurts right here. And, and dog, it hurts right here. The dog goes, Boudreaux, your finger's broken. <clears throat> Here's what I'd say to you this morning. Maybe it's just your finger that's broken. And the feelings are driving you to make decisions that are outside of reality. How many of you know feelings will lie to you? Right? We have to choose. Listen to me. If you want to see joy in your life, if you want to see praise in your life, if you want to see something that bubbles up that you can't understand, here's what I'm going to present to you today. You have to choose it. For the next four weeks, I'm going to give you four choices. Four choices that I promise you, if you make them, you will see joy in your life. I promise you that if you make them, you will see life. You will see results. You will see things happen that you can't even imagine. If there's anybody that I know in the Bible who made choices of life, it would be the Apostle Paul. Remember Paul? Right? Paul, like, Paul was shipwrecked and bobbed around in the sea for a day and a half. Like, so every shark movie you've ever watched... Paul lived it. Come on now. Right? And then he swims up on the island and reaches up on a rock and a snake bites him. So now we can throw in the anaconda movie in there. I mean, like all these movies that we watch and things so-called, Paul lived it. Here's something you may not know. When Jesus took those 39 lashes that almost killed him, catch this. Paul went through that five times. Five times. Paul took the lashes that Jesus took. Right? Paul was stoned, not recreationally. (laughs) Somebody said to me, oh, at least he got a little relief. No, 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 not like that. That means, listen to me, that means they threw stones at him. But listen to me, what's amazing about Paul is this. What's amazing is that he had this unbelievable ability to choose life in the midst of the madness, in the midst of the craziness. And so I want to look at some of his writings because how, how does Paul do that? And, t- and today I'm going to tell you, but here's, here's, here's the interesting thing about today's sermon. I'm not going to say anything to you that most of you are going to go, oh my gosh, I never knew that before. I'm not, today's not a revelation sermon. Sometimes the brilliance of a sermon is not that you get new revelation. It's that you go back and get told something that you already know you're just not doing it yet. It's called application. Like, you're going to have to choose. What I'm going to tell you today, what I'm going to encourage you with today is, you're going to have to choose it. It's not going to happen. Right? Come on, somebody. Anybody else? Like, you had that resolution. I'm going to lose 20 pounds this year. So far, you're only 30 pounds away. Right? Why? Because I got to choose to get up and go to the gym. I got to choose to get out and walk or run or whatever it is. It's a choice. And so I want to give you some choices because Paul, man, 2 Corinthians, look at this, look at this verse. This is Paul's words. Sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. This is Paul. Writing this from a prison. Come on, somebody. Poor, I ain't got a dime to my name, yet I'm making many rich. Having nothing and yet possessing everything. I don't know about you, but I want to be that person. I want to be that person that speaks life. I want to be that person that when people get around, they're just like, I got to hang around with that dude more. Because he brings life and he brings energy and he brings something that I just can't explain. And listen to me, it's simply a choice. And here's the choice. Again, no revelation. 
just a matter of whether we do it. What's the first choice? What is the first choice to bring life into our lives? It's prayer. Pray first. That's the way we say it here at church. Pray first. Prayer, in other words, it should be our first response and not our last resort. Most of us pray what I would call fire alarm prayers. You know what that means? I have done everything that I can do. And then we say these words to each other. Well, I guess all we can do now is pray. Come on, we say that all the time in the church. We're talking to each other in the church. Well, I guess, I guess we're just going to pray. Or I talk to parents and you've got wayward children that are off. Or you got somebody doing something. I don't know what else we can do. I guess we're just going to have to pray. Come on now, we put something out of whack here. Those are fire alarm prayers. I've done everything that I can do. And then now the fire alarm's going off and I'm trying to pray. Some of y'all were here a few weeks ago when, uh, when the alarm was going off. Do y'all remember that? Remember how hard it was to concentrate? I was thinking about the illustration of that. How hard is it to communicate with God, which is what prayer is, when the alarm's going off? And that's what most of us call prayer. Think about it. We go to God and all the alarms are going off and our emotions are raging and everything's going crazy. And we're going, oh God, please, would you fix this? Would you? How easy is it to have communication? And that it's not. It's not. As a matter of fact, it's probably one way. When God wants us to sit down and go, God, what do you want me to do? Shh. Be still. Listen for a minute. You, you can sit still for a minute. You cannot turn on the TV. You cannot turn on the radio. There doesn't, there doesn't have to be a noise right now. Shh. God, what do you want me to do? Instead of praying these fire alarm prayers, this idea that, well, God's the only thing we have left. So I, I, I want to walk through Philippians chapter 4. I'm going to just kind of walk through the whole chapter. And I want to highlight, because Paul writes this this. this book from, it's, it's one of his prison epistles. In other words, I want you to picture as we're reading these words, Paul is probably writing this and he's probably bleeding, right? He's bleeding, laying in a dungeon. It's not like prison today. Come on, man. Ain't no TV up in Paul's day, right? There was no yard time and internet and get a degree and all. No, no, no. This is a dungeon like dirty feces running across the floor, rats, And here's Paul, and he's writing these words. Look at Philippians 4, 4 and 5. Rejoice. (laughs) Rejoice? Really, Paul? Like, do you look look around you, bro? What are you talking about rejoice? And I looked up that word rejoice. And re, most of you know, that prefix means again. Like re, again and again and again. Joyce is not an actual word, but it actually is a name that comes from a Germanic tribe. And it would be the exact same thing in the English language if we named somebody joy. Rejoy is what that word says. Rejoy. But I don't feel good today. Okay. Rejoy. Yeah, but you don't know what happened. Okay. Rejoy. This is what Paul's saying to us. You, you have to rejoy. And re, in other words, it's a choice, not a feeling. Right? Rejoice in the Lord always. Hey, just in case you're not paying attention, let me say it again. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Wait, wait, what? what? That came out of nowhere. 
Well, you know what? He knows you're going to have problems. He knows people are going to drive you crazy. He's, he knows that the customer service person I was on the phone with was going to push the wrong button in Mike yesterday. And so it says, in your response, because you're rejoicing, because you're choosing life, because you're choosing to be in me, then guess what will happen? Your gentleness will be evident. My gentleness was not very evident yesterday. And I had to repent. How does he do that? Listen to me. The Lord is near. And then he goes on in the very next verse, and we're going to start talking about prayer. Verse 6. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Instead of worrying, pray. Now, here's what I said. I said, I'm going to tell you things that you already know. Maybe you're just not doing yet. This is one. We know this. We've heard, don't worry. We've heard, don't do these things, right? Like I've always said, um, worrying is like peeing in a wetsuit. You know how? Because it, it, it makes you feel like you're accomplishing something, but afterwards you're just sitting in a mess. That's, that's, that's wor- and, and, and he says, listen, he says, he says don't, don't worry, instead pray. Let petitions and praise shape your worries into prayers. This is the choice. The choice is when you begin to get upset, when you begin to worry, that we would choose and we would begin the habit to go, whoa, 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 time. I got to form my worry into a prayer. I've got to take whatever this simple thing is, whatever this thing that's aggravating, this person, this issue, this situation, and I've got to form it into a prayer. God, please help me in this situation. Help me to trust you. Help me to calm down. Help me to, right, to, 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 to get out of the mindset of where I am. Letting God know your concerns. So number one thing that we need to do or understand is that prayer replaces worry. Prayer replaces worry. That's, that's the idea. The idea is that we would take things to God. Because worry borrows from the future. Do you catch that? If you worry about something and it never happens, then you worried in vain. If you worry about it and it does happen, you worried twice. Right? Listen to me. Scripture tells us tomorrow's got enough troubles for itself. So why when, God, when Jesus teaches us to pray, he says, pray for today. Right? Give us this day our daily bread. I'm not, I'm not worried about tomorrow. Not that he doesn't ever want us to do some planning, but planning is different than worrying. Come on, somebody, right? There's a different mindset there. Matthew 6 and 26, can any one of you, by worrying at a single hour of your life? Matthew 6 and 34, therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough. I have teenagers at home. As a matter of fact, I'm the dad of eight kids, and I'm a pastor of a church. I got plenty of things to think about. Come on, somebody. I got plenty of things to worry about. And I'll find myself, the girls will come and say, Dad, let's play some cards. Or, Dad, let's watch a movie. Or, Dad, can we go to breakfast? And I don't know if you're like me, but I'll find myself playing cards, but I'm not talking. And the reason I'm not talking is my brain is on some issue at the church that I need to fix. Right? Or something we talked about in elder meeting that I'm trying to solve. Or one of you guys that I just counseled and I'm kind of in my head going, maybe I should have told him this. Maybe I should pray for this. Listen, listen, listen. Play cards. Play cards. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying to you? 
that we spend so much of our time worrying about everything in the future that oftentimes we're not where we are. Wherever you are, be there. How often are you somewhere but somewhere else? That's a form of worry, right? Listen to me, is the person you're sitting in front of, are they worth your time? Your kid needs your undivided attention. My kid needs my undivided attention. We know this, but we got to put it into play. Pray first. It replaces worry. And here's what I'm going to challenge you to do over the 21 days of prayer and fasting. I want you to not just do prayer and fasting. I want you to do this. I want you to work on daily replacing your worry with prayer. So when you start to worry, when you start to think about something, when you start to fret about something, we need to get in the habit, choose to form a prayer out of it and leave it with God. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Keep going here. By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, he throws that in there. I love that. You know what that is? He says, hey, look, you know God's going to answer you. So in the middle of it, go ahead and thank him for answering it. Come on, somebody. Right? That's, that's a part of trust. God, I'm praying for this situation, and you're so good. I know you're going to bring justice in the end of it. But, hey, God, I'm, I'm bringing this to you with thanksgiving. Present your request to God. That, that wording is lost a little bit. That word present means to change ownership. How many of you, you like to co-own your, your problems with God? Right? Matter of fact, some of us are such control, control freaks. Here's what our prayer sounds like. Hey, God, this situation's going on. And, bro, I know you're like really busy, man. So why don't you just do it this way? Listen, you can't own a problem and God own a problem. God didn't play ball that way. It's present. It's take and walk away. Okay, I hear you say that, but how do I know that I've presented it? How do I know that I've presented it? Because number two is this. Prayer relinquishes control. Prayer relinquishes control. I present it. I lay it down at his feet. How do you know? Well, let me go back to that. By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your quest to God. When you do, check it out, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart. You want to know, you want to know if you've presented it to God or not? Do you have peace? If you don't have peace, you're still holding on to it. If you haven't found that place, then you need to go back to prayer. I need to go back to God and go, God, I still hold on to this. I can feel it. I need your peace. And when you feel the peace of God come upon your heart, you'll know I've presented it to him. Now, how many of you know there are probably some things in your life that you're going to present and present and present and present? Come on, right? You're going to have to keep. But listen, that's the choice. We're going to have to choose to keep bringing it back to him. It cannot be my problem and God's problem at the same time. 1 Peter 5, 6-7 says this, Humble yourself, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up. Humble yourself. What does that mean? That means that I might actually decide maybe God is smarter than me. Come on. I say that and we laugh. And yet, do we not do the opposite of that every day? Right? When, when I say, well, God, I kind of want you to do this, but then I go and try to manipulate the situation. Or I go and I try to fix my spouse or whatever, you know, control. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a humility issue. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. 
So here's my prayer. Usually at the end of, of a service, you do something called the benediction. And this is, this is kind of a benediction. So I'm going to go ahead and benedict you right now. Romans 15 and 13 says this. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. As you, what's the word? As you trust in him. So that you may overflow with what? Hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's that spirit of heaviness coming off. Why? Because we relinquish control. Look at Philippians 4, 8. Let's keep moving. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. You probably have had this verse and quoted this verse. Have you ever put it in context? It's in the context of prayer. That's what the chapter is talking about. In other words, how do you do that? How do you focus on what's true and noble and right and pure? Prayer. Number three is, listen, prayer regulates thinking. Prayer regulates thinking. Most of us have a thinking problem. Anybody else got a thinking problem? Right? Whether it just be stinking thinking, whether it be some kind of way that we've been programmed to think about ourselves, it's a thinking issue. Colossians 3 and 2, think about things of heaven and not the things of earth. Let me say it to you this way. Prayer is not God coming down. It's my mind going up. Does that make sense? Like we say, I, I, I've always thought in my life that prayer was to get God to move. Anybody else? Like, come on, God, take care of this situation and fix this. And if I, if I bow just right or I do all the right stuff or whatever, then I'll get God to move. Listen to me. Prayer is not about moving God. Prayer is about moving me. It's about moving me to where my thinking is more in line with his thinking. C.S. Lewis says this, aim at heaven and you'll get earth thrown in. Aim at earth and you'll get neither. We have to set our mind straight. And let me just say this and preach at you just for about 15 seconds. You're listening to things you shouldn't be listening to. And you're looking at things that you shouldn't be looking at. And you're playing games and you're doing things on your phone. Listen to me that you shouldn't be doing. And those things need to go. Those, those things are, are poisoning you. And listen to me, you can't stay here. You can't stay there. Because there's so much more that God has that he wants to do. I'm not preaching to you because it's, it's just a way to appease a, an angry God. No, he's not angry. He's actually wanting the best for you, right? So I double dog dare you to get up and join me at 5 a.m. tomorrow morning. And some of you just went, oh, 5 a.m., Pastor Mike, are you crazy? I hate the mornings. You know what? Listen to me. Listen. My alarm will go off at 345 tomorrow. And I will gripe getting out from those covers the entire time. I will. Okay. What am I going to say today? Holy Spirit, say something. I need some coffee. But here's what I can tell you. When we're finished at 5, 12, 5, 13, 14, that's usually right about where I try to target when, when, when 512 or 13 comes and I say amen and send you to pray on your own and we've gone through and we've reviewed God's word and all, 
This morning at 512, I was ready to go hog hunting with a switch. Come on, somebody. Because I had heard God's word. And it had renewed my mind. And it put my mind straight on what God wants me to do and who he wants me to be today. See, prayer replaces a mindset. Philippians 4.12, let me keep going. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or want. Learn the secret? Where did he learn the secret? Remember, we're in the context of this chapter. What are we talking about? Prayer. Where did he learn the secret of contentment? Where did he learn the secret of what it meant to have none, but I'm okay with it right now. And so listen to me, number four. Prayer reveals contentment. It reveals contentment. Psalm 23, I don't know if you've ever thought about it this way, but it says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. The Lord's my shepherd. When I take time to look at the fact of who God is, I got all I need. It reframes the way I think. It reframes my priorities. And so Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. And then it goes on in verse 19. And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. In other words, number five, listen to me, prayer relies on God. Prayer relies on God. Prayer doesn't move God towards us. Prayer moves us towards God. Let me say it to you a hard way. And then we're going to close. Worry reveals where you trust God the least. That's a tough one. But the place that we worry, the place that we're holding on to, is where we actually trust God the least. So what would it look like for the next 21 days? What would it look like for this afternoon? For this week? Let's start with Monday morning, anybody? (laughs) That we might switch our worry to prayer. That we might take any time we start to get concerned. Listen to me. Ladies, when you start getting concerns about your husband, how about instead of griping about him in your head, you pray for him? Worry to prayer. Instead of griping about who you work with this week, or the struggles, or your neighbor, those are worries. We would form it into prayer. God, would you give them wisdom? Would you bless them? Would you help them to prosper that they might do well? Come on, this this, this all switches a mindset, switches an understanding. And so I want to challenge you. I really want to challenge you. Again, nothing I've said today is revelation. It's all about application. Amen? So I just want to challenge you. And let's take our worry. And see, that's our first choice of four choices that we're going to make over the next four weeks. The first choice is... Pray first. Everybody say, pray first. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the challenge. I want to pray right now the spirit of heaviness off anyone here today. Bind the spirit of heaviness. By the authority given to us through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, we take heaviness of spirit off anyone here today or anyone watching online that they might find joy in you. Father, that you might give us the strength and the courage to not stay where we are today, but to pray first, to choose to go through the next 21 days of prayer, putting prayer first, pray first, pray first, pray first. 
Remind us, Holy Spirit, to constantly pray first. And for anybody here today who doesn't know you, but they feel drawn to start a relationship with you today, thank you for that. If that's you today, I'm going to lead you in a little prayer. Just pray something like this, if that's you today. Jesus, today I give you my life. I don't understand it all, but I sense you drawing me today, and so I surrender. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins. As best as I know, I'm going to try to serve you the rest of my days. We pray all this in the holy name of Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, amen, amen. We're going to sing a little bit. So would you guys stand to your feet? Worship team's going to lead us just a little bit. I want you to sing these words a little bit differently. If you're coming to Life Steps, Searched the world, but it couldn't feel me. Man's empty praise, the treasures of faith, never enough. You came along. Yeah.